Hey, what's going on? This is DJ Sports. Back again with another episode. I got my good friend Nathan here. We're going to cover everything that happened uh, in Game 2 of the Finals. Look ahead to Game 4, which is tomorrow. Um, and what's been a pretty interesting series so far. Nathan, how are you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. So I'd like to remind you guys that you can follow us on all of our socials on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, it's DJ Sports Podcast on YouTube as well, DJ Sports Podcast. And you can reach us for questions on our email, Podcast at gmail.com. All right, so Nathan, let's jump right into it. We had the Lakers uh, come off to a really slow start last game. Um, the Heat took advantage, jumped out to a lead. Lakers came back, um, but it felt like they were fighting the entire game. And then Miami closed it out at the end. Um, just yeah, what do you think uh, the Heat have a chance in this series now? And what do you what do you have to say? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I remember talking to you before. I even tweeted this after like game two. I said this looks like it's gonna be a sweep um, because it. I mean, it really did look like it was gonna be a sweep. But then again, it was kind of stupid to count uh, a team like Miami out, Spolstra and Jimmy Butler. Um, Spolstra is, uh, I think, the best coach in the league right now. Um, and I don't think it's very close. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, the Heat were a fifth seed, and they're they're missing the best scorer, they're missing the best defender, and and Bam and uh, Josh. It was partly because the Lakers were a little sloppy, but, but the Heat made big adjustments, and they did it on both ends of the floor. So um, they fronted AD in the post a lot, and they would send a double from the back to to deny like the post entry. Um, and the Lakers had issues getting the ball to AD. He didn't even get as many looks as he, as he uh, usually gets. Um, Scott Foster giving him four fouls in like 20 minutes also helps. Uh, you get a little bit. Uh, Scott Foster, Tony Brothers action, uh, trying to force game, uh, another game, I guess, or give one of the heat because uh, Scott Foster, Tony Brothers, those guys are just terrible refs. Um, some of the fouls are dumb by AD, but a lot of them, they wouldn't usually call in a regular game. Um, so those are like defensive adjustments that <clears throat> Miami made to the life uh, to make life of the Lakers a bit harder. On offense, they did a lot of things too. I thought um, they they worked for their buckets there, and and they it took advantage of a lot of things LA was doing defensively. We can get into that if you want. I mean, did did you notice any of that stuff? Like uh, how they got Jimmy into the paint more? I mean, I think Jim, Jimmy willed his willed his way into forty points, but he also. They were, they were doing set design plays to clear the paint for Jimmy, and he was getting in there because Spolstra was putting his guys in positions to, to succeed. Like he was putting Duncan Robinson on the same side that Jimmy would drive on so the guy couldn't help off him, and Jimmy would also go off off screens to kind of get him downhill action. He didn't even attempt a three-pointer, and he had 40 points. So I thought all those adjustments that they made were prime, It was and they executed well. And that being said, the Lakers were in the game the entire time, even though, you know, the Heat almost played perfectly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think you could ask for a better game from Miami if you're a Heat fan. You had Olenek contributing big again. Yeah. Uh, I think he had like 19 points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like you said, you can never count a team like Miami out. You know, they've, they've been fighting this entire season, fighting in the bubble. Um, and there's a reason that they're here, so... I have to give them a lot of credit, you know, came out and played hard. But yeah, I just feel like like you shot themselves in the foot so many times, you know, especially with the turnovers. Uh, you can't expect to get out to such a bad start against a good team like Miami, and then you have to have to claw your way yeah. back the entire game. I mean, 
Do you think this series goes to six games? Uh, I think it's possible, but it all yeah, it all, all depends on uh, obviously tomorrow's game because you know if we win tomorrow, Lakers, uh, it's probably wraps. <laughs> but if it goes yeah, you know yeah. two two, then you know we they get Bam back and things get really interesting. <clears throat> yeah, they might have Bam back tomorrow. I see. You see that he's uh, he's upgraded to questionable now. I remember seeing that when he got hurt, yeah, they were looking at like game three or four that it was a possibility for him to come back. Yeah, I think Goron's not coming back, um, and and I I think that might not even be that big of a deal. So if the Lakers win in five or whatever, you can say okay, if they had Bam, it would be a different series because it would be, but. Honestly, I don't know how much of an impact he would have compared to, like, say, Kelly Olynyk. I think Kelly Olynyk is actually a better or more flexible play for the Heat to have right now. They have, like, a shooting big man that can uh, that can also put the ball on the floor and make passes because the Lakers are so big that small guards just have a tough time. And Andrzejczyk wasn't even doing that well before he got hurt. He was all right. But, but Bam, Bam is someone they really need. Yeah, because... I see what you're saying, uh, because Bam does so much for them, you know, mm. like other than scoring, you know, he does so much playmaking, you know, another big, yeah. big defender that you can throw on LeBron and AD. Mm. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you think about all, everyone saying that, oh, it doesn't count. There's like an asterisk or just like all the excuses that are kind of coming out. Cause of Come that. <laughs> those people, I mean, those people are just haters, man. I, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of hoopla going around because the Lakers and LeBron are joined forces. So there's a lot, there's a lot of stupid stuff being said both ways. Um, I mean, the Lakers did exceed my own expectations as well. I'm pretty sure they exceeded yours because they're, they've been dominant in, in this playoff run and you have to just, you got to tip your hat to them. Like they, they've destroyed every team they played against and, and they look clearly better. Like there's no excuses for any teams that lose to them. Um, there's no asterisk either. I mean, you play who's in front of you, right? Like if, if the other teams were good enough, they would have been in the finals or they would have you know, faced the Lakers. So there's right. no, there's no asterisk. Just like asterisk for those warrior seasons. I mean, even though they got Kevin Durant, they won the title. So you still got to do it. So, you know, this, it doesn't cheapen anything, you know, you got, you got to do it. You still got to execute and, and finish the job. Yeah. Um, even with like the, the season that Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt, you know, People mm-hmm. try to say there's an asterisk and things like that. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous, you know? That stuff happens, man. I mean, it happens all the time. Like, injuries in the playoffs happen all the time. And, like, what what do you want What do you want everyone to do? Just <laughs> label each championship with a special asterisk and denote who got hurt in the series? Like, no, you just – I mean, if you win, you win, man. I mean, Jimmy yeah. Butler is not the type of guy to, to say that either. I mean, he came out there and just dropped a bomb. You could, uh, like, you know, look, every championship team has caught some type of break, you know. You could go back and look at all the, the winners uh, in the NBA. So, I mean, it's just kind of a, such a weird situation because of the bubble. That's why I kind of wanted the, the Clippers to win because, you know, if we beat the Clippers, you can't really say anything else. You know, Lakers are the better team. Uh, but, yeah. It's pretty yeah. Funny. <laughs> Aside from that, so game four um, – so how do you feel about, you know, all the, the, the trash talk between Jimmy and LeBron and then LeBron walks off the court? You take any anything? Okay. 
<laughs> the trash talking thing is funny. I think people should do it more. I wish there was more trash talking. Like it's, I love Drake because he trash talks like that. I hate it when he when he does it against my team. But that type of attitude is just it just makes things more entertaining, man. It's not it's not baseball or, or golf, right? I just started watching baseball because the Padres too and the bat flips. I love all that shit. So yeah, I'm there's a lot of uh, un- unwritten rules. Shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's stupid, man. And also LeBron walking off the court. I mean. The game, he thought it was over. And I thought it was over, too. I don't know why they added 0.7 seconds. So, it's understandable. And he was pissed off. I mean, when I get pissed off and, and lose games in any fashion, I act that way, too. Yeah. I mean, it was just not a, a great performance from, from the team. That's why, as a Lakers fan, I'm not super worried because we played pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like, we fight, we deserve yeah. to lose that game. Um, and we're still in there, you know, with, like – Four minutes left. It was like a two-possession game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it pisses me off because, like, I just the whole season Rondo was not good, and now he's good. Dwight Howard, man, that guy is just so hateable. He's just like I say, he's he's center Patrick Beverly, bro. Oh damn! And just starts like hitting people. He was like shoving Jokic around and all that stuff. And then in this series, he's still a little punk, but I mean, he's good now too. Him and Rondo are both like. They play valuable minutes and they do the job and they're good and it pisses me off because it works. Like you guys are doing well. Um, I mean, yeah, it, you guys are up two one. I mean, it always sucks to lose a game in the finals. If I was if I was cheering for a team in the finals that lost the game, I would be freaking out. But mm-hmm. it seems like everyone's calm in Lakerland. But I do think that it's gonna be a battle, man. I mean, I don't think the game's gonna come easier anymore. I think it just gets harder from here on out. Yeah. Um I mean, we're just going to, like, punch them in the mouth and, like, honestly, just have a good first quarter, good first half, um, extend the lead as much as you can because I I, just, I don't know if, if Miami's a team that's built to come from behind, you know, especially with no Bam or Drogic. It's- oh, man, come on. You didn't say that. They, they always come from behind. I mean, this is a – They're, like, down double digits in almost every game. I mean, it is a different group, but but I that they're used to it. I think I think they have, I think they have the guess. Yeah, I mean, I'd no. be I'd be surprised. I'd, I'd be surprised if the Lakers came out and were leading big time in the first quarter of the next game. I think I mean, there's a lot of adjustments that were made by Miami, like tactical adjustments. Actually, it wasn't just Lakers just playing sloppy; it was a combo of both. But I will say that I think Vogel is actually a really good coach. I think he's made adjustments in every time. Every series he's played, he's made good adjustments. Um, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about him? I, I think he's I think he's really good. Yeah, yeah I'm for sure a big fan. He, like you said, uh, we can expect the Lakers to play this well in in the playoffs. You know, what, what, so what stands about to me the whole season is that I didn't expect Vogel to be, you know, such a great coach, like defensively. It's, um that's the, that's the one thing I yeah. really look at because you know the team plays so hard defensively. You see, you know, every single player closing out on shots. You have Kuzma even hustling, you know, more than I've ever seen in his career. So people have God, really, I hate that guy. People really bought into <laughs> bought into Frank's uh, system, yeah. and they really believe in you know what he's preaching. And yeah. it kind of feels like you know LeBron might and Rondo might be like the offensive coordinators, uh, mm-hmm. and Vogel is kind of like the defensive coordinator. You know. I've also heard mm-hmm. some nonsense of like people saying, "Oh, this is LeBron's team." Vogel is just like a piece of furniture, just sitting there. Like, yeah, that's, that's all it, nonsense. It kind of is like that with LeBron teams. Um, 
I mean, it, it kind of is in years past, at least. But it's not it's not like that this year. Vogel's Vogel's made a lot of good adjustments on, on defense, and I'm pretty sure he's going to find a way to get AD more shots next game. Yeah, and I mean, look, no disrespect to Ty Lue, but you could probably see that with those Cavs teams uh, that LeBron was the head coach and stuff. But, I mean, Vogel's yeah. experienced veteran coach. You know, he's not a rookie. Yeah. But, like, you know. I, I kind of like Ty Lue, though. I think Ty Lue is a pretty good coach. I, yeah, I think the jury's still out on him. He, I think he makes some adjustments. I like coaches that make adjustments. because Yeah. So you don't like Luda? Yeah. I mean, being a fan, we got, what, D'Antoni? That guy is just... That guy's man makes no adjustments. We got other guys uh, like, like Budenholzer or whatever. That guy makes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's cool That's to see coaches make adjustments. Like Vogel, like he switches and he makes like different starting and lineup adjustments and all that. Yeah, stuff. Dwight started last game. Yeah, see stuff like that. It shows that they're willing to adjust quickly, which is what you have to do in the playoffs because if the, if the coach is going to throw something new at you, you need to be able to counter it. And which is something that's interesting. Really played a zone against the Lakers last game. It, it looked like a zone, but it wasn't actually a zone. It was it was just hard double teams on AD and everything. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna throw that out there because honestly, um, our three point shooting, it's not really something that I, I would hope we have to rely on because it's not the best. Like KCP can yeah, hit some yeah. shots, but if we're relying on him to win the game, you know, it's gonna be tough. Um, Marquise, yeah, you guys were hot game one, right? You, yeah, game one, you guys were drilling those days. Yeah. Was uh. Like, I don't think we're ever going to shoot that well again, though. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> Everything was falling. Like, yeah, game three, like, Marquise had five threes, you know, um, 19 yeah. points. So, I, I don't know if we can rely on that every single game. Danny Green's got to come out eventually, right? I mean, dude, I know you're a big Danny Green <laughs> fan, but, man, that guy. Dude, he's good. He's good, though. All right, hear me out. Danny, come on, Danny Green or, like, who would be other options? You got, like, Kyle Kuzma. He's usually – doesn't even play the same position. It's like Danny Green or like J.R. Smith or Deion Waiters. Yeah, I mean that just speaks to like our lack of depth at the position, though. More more so than Danny Green. Yeah, but but I mean, who do you take, right? Because there's a lot of Laker fans out there. They love Jr. and Deion. They want to see them out there. Jr. did get some like three minutes earlier too in Game Three. Really? Okay. Most Laker I'm fans just, I know don't want to see any Jr. Yeah. Deion action. <laughs> okay, that's, maybe we're talking to different Laker fans. But that's good. Because Danny Green is is the truth. I think he's amazing defensively. Offensively, he's like kind of fell off a little bit. He's really icy hot. But but as you said, like, like on defense, he's he's a really crucial part of, of what they do. Like he's amazing off the ball in transition. No, like there's no doubt that he's a good basketball player. Like we saw him pop off in the finals last year, in the finals before that when he was in the Spurs. Um, but it's just. I feel like he can do everything except just make his shot. <laughs> like that, that. Corner yeah. Corner <laughs> but once that shot does go in, it's going to be sweet. Yeah. So I, I think he's fine. Um, he didn't shoot well last game, but I mean, it's, it's just, you know, there's so, there's just so many other things that the Lakers need to fix. And it's not like just shoot better. Cause obviously that's, you want to fix that every game. Right. I yeah. think a lot of it, AD the ball and in a good position. And uh, if Miami is going to front AD and double team him in the post like that to try to deny him the post, uh, you got to like throw in Dwight or someone else that can catch a lob and you need to throw the lob to, to hit him in the back door, which is something Caruso has done an amazing job at. That guy's good. His timing and his cutting is amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about Caruso. Like 
I'm sure you, you yeah. saw like all the memes and like all the hype from the season from Laker fans, but like, <clears throat> yeah, like legitimately yeah, yeah. a solid bust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's the, like since the beginning of the season and midway of the season, like there are defensive metrics. I'm a big stat nerd guy, but I also like watching the games. Like the stats say he's a really good defender, and then the metrics also say, I mean, the eye test also says like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. So like the memes are there, but I think they only work because he's actually a good player. It's not like he's like DJ Banga or something, right? Or like <laughs> was it Chris Mim? You had back then. Like he's actually a good player. Yeah, it's just funny because he has like head and stuff. But like I, th- I think he's a good. Player. I I tweeted this before too. I said that uh, he's better than Tyler Hero, and I mean in these finals he he has been in these three games. He's been better than Tyler Hero, and I'll die on that hill. <laughs> You tell you, it was, it was like six for 18 last game. So. Yeah, he did a little snarl thing just because he had a shot. Like, missing the last 10. Uh, all right, so let's, yep. so game four. Uh, have you heard anything about Bam? Like, he's just questionable to play? Yeah. Yeah, so earlier, I mean, I just thought that he was questionable. Um, and there was a weird interview thing with Jimmy Butler when he said, Something, something, something. Yeah, we're going to get some guys back soon, which was kind of like a hint. It seems like he knew, you know, Bam was going to come back. Goran's not coming back, but I think I think Bam's – I would bet on him coming back. And I think it, it really changes things. I mean, he didn't do that well in game one, but, you know, no one did. The Lakers were just shooting lights out. And Spolster's been making some – some moves man i think i think you gotta be a little weird. i'm not gonna be one of those like like guys sensationalists and say oh lakers are in trouble but i want to say it's not gonna be as easy as it was the first two games for sure no i'm not expecting that um like i said you know Miami's yeah. a good team with a good coach they're gonna play hard till, till the clock zero but um yeah i just mm-hmm. i i would feel a little more nervous if the lakers played better in game three you know what i mean like if we played well yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> and like you know, mm-hmm. there's definitely some some concern, but you know, let's uh, let's see how Game Four plays out because I know we've taken every series so far. We've taken like one game off. You know, it happened against Portland, yeah. Houston, yeah, and uh, Denver. Yeah, there was one game where we just you know mm-hmm. didn't show up. So. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think though that. I would give a little more credit to Spolstra kind of like putting some wrinkles in and making things harder for the Lakers. Like they're doing a lot more slip screening now because the Lakers love to switch on those screens and they're utilizing Duncan Robinson in in a way that makes him effective, even when he's not hitting shots because he didn't hit many shots, but he's still creating lanes for players. And if they get Bam back, it just gives Spo a little more to work with. Now I, I think the Lakers make adjustments because like I said before, Vogel is pretty good. I think, I mean, you have to figure out a way to stop Jimmy from getting in the paint, which is something they didn't really do well last game. Uh, and you got to figure out how to get AD the ball, which I think they will do a better job of. But I also think Spolstra always finds a way to kind of like counter the counter. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff happening. Can't hear you. What do you think about LeBron and Jimmy? LeBron and Jimmy? Or a little thing they had at the end when they were trash talking each other? <laughs> Just kind of like... In overall? Like, overall, yeah. I mean, 
LeBron hasn't hit that gear Jimmy hit in game three yet. I haven't seen it all playoffs. He hasn't needed to, but I haven't seen it, right? I mean, do you agree? I watched LeBron since the beginning of his career. I mean, he's he's had these crazy games, like that 50-pointer against the, the Warriors, the 48 against the Pistons, the, the game six Miami-Boston. Right. I just haven't seen him hit that gear uh, like Jimmy did. And I'm pretty sure Jimmy's going to – He's not going to play that well again, but he's going to freaking go off and find a level. I think Bam will too when he plays. So are you relying more on Anthony Davis or LeBron? Now here comes the whole, like, who gets the finals MVP? So what do you think? Like, who do you think, who are you relying more on, LeBron or, or AD? And who do you think has been the finals MVP? Yeah, I mean, if you asked me before yesterday, I would say for sure AD, but... Um, AD just didn't show up uh, as much as we needed to last game, you know. Yeah. He, he, like the one knock at him, as great of a player as he is, that is that he is too passive sometimes, and sometimes he kind of yeah. just like psychs himself out of games. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why you know him and LeBron are such a good combo because you know LeBron can can you know make up yeah. for all all those deficiencies. Um, yeah, but that being said, you know if we're talking about Finals MVP, then it's going to be decided in the next two games or whatever. Um, I honestly yeah, thought, yeah. like, when AD was out, I'm like, all right, this is it. Like, if LeBron wants Finals MVP, he's got to just close I thought that was going to happen, too. I thought that was the, the game. I was like, oh, here we go. We're gearing up for it. LeBron's going to get it. Yeah, so uh, who are we going to rely on, though? I feel like I've been dancing yeah. around the question. <laughs> I, f- yeah. I feel like, honestly, to close it out, like, we saw in the Denver series, we're probably just going to need LeBron to just take over. Uh, yeah. I mean, AD can, obviously. We saw that in game yeah. two, uh, where he was, you know, shooting like 90%. Mm. But if that guy's going crazy from mid range, AD is like AD is KD from mid range this playoff run. It's insane. There's like a stat on it. I think he, he was like the mid 30s or mid 40s, like percentage wise in mid range uh, in the season. And in the playoffs, he's hitting like 65 or 70% of his mid range shots. Like, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah, I mean, when he's doing that, you just can't guard him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, sometimes he gets too passive. And LeBron, you know, he's been there. He has experience. You know, this is AD's. This is the furthest he's ever been. Never been to the finals before. So, but you can see the same thing about yeah. Jimmy Butler too. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. That's also kind of hard when you're a big man and you rely on someone else getting you the ball. So it's kind of tough because they're taking away AD by design. Spolstra, I think he feels that AD is more of a threat on offense right now to like score on them and whatnot. So he's kind of taking away AD and forcing it to be like LeBron and others versus us. And they're packing the paint. He's like really trying to take away that the easy buckets you guys always get. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what the counter is. Like if they start doubling AD like that, what are you going to put LeBron in a more aggressive scoring role or are you going to try to like dish it out to your shooters. I don't know. What do you think the counter is? Because they're packing the paint and they're kind of doubling AD. What would you do if you're Vogel? I, I think because LeBron, we could do a little bit of both. Like LeBron, can, he's such a good passer as it is. Yeah. Um, if, if our, if our uh, you know, our guys are hitting the threes and, you know, LeBron can dish it out, take it to the rim, you know, yeah. kick it out and stuff like that. Or he could just take over scoring if their shots are falling. I mm-hmm. think, I think he yeah. can honestly do both at this point in his career. 
But now the question is, do you think, because we haven't seen it, like I said before, Jimmy Butler hit that gear, like, because he's younger and he's, he's hungry, so he hit that, like, superstar Hall of Fame gear in the playoffs where he just, like, dominated the game. Do you think LeBron can still hit that gear? He's old, man, and I don't blame you if you say no. It's like you don't have to be. Don't feel pressured into saying yes just because he's LeBron. Right? You don't you gotta say Hall of Fame gear. No, I mean I, I think he can for sure. Like we saw that in Game Five against Denver. Like he just took over when he felt like it. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe I, yeah. That was that was the gear, but that was like you know towards the end of the game. Jimmy Butler dominated the whole way through. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That was that was, that was a bit of Jimmy kind of had to, you know. Um, he, like, yeah. well, LeBron might have to as well. If things get a little more interesting, he might have yeah. to do it. Like, and I, I, I want to see it. I, see I trust him. Honestly, if you're LeBron, like, I'm sure he feels so close to the title. Like, yeah, if yeah. if the, somehow the Lakers lose the series, um, he's gonna have a horrible off season. He's gonna have so many questions to answer. You know. Yeah, man. You're yeah. gonna have. Oh man, you're gonna hear it from everyone. <laughs> I still don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, if I were a betting man, there's some value on the heat, I think, especially if Bam comes back, but not too much. I wouldn't bet too much. I did bet the Lakers were winning five or six when it was 2-0 because I was just hoping for, like, a miracle heat game because it looked like a sweep. There's some pretty good value there. Okay. Um, Just for personal preference, I hope it's five because game five is on a Friday. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I hope it goes to seven or, you know, I get to see a little more LeBron. Like I said, man, I want to see him hit that gear. I want to see, I want to see like, or AD, just some super shot I would play. Because the first two games, man, Lakers dominance, but it wasn't like anything, I don't know, it wasn't anything too exciting from a guy that doesn't have a horse in this race. It was just me watching LeBron just stomp on some guys without uh, two of their most important dudes. But... I feel it. I feel like the last two games have been pretty, pretty fun to watch, though. Yeah, the first game wasn't fun. It was like pretty depressing. The second game was a little more fun. Third game was was really good. Um, I thought the Lakers would win the third game, to be honest, especially with how bad they were playing and how they were doing it. Right. You're on that side of you think they played really poorly. Poorly, they'll regress back to their average performance or you know stellar performance. I I watched some of the highlights and stuff again, and, and a lot of things were by design. So I'm, I'm a little optimistic about the Heat now. I was throwing them dead in the water, but I underestimated them. I'm gonna say, I think they push it to at least six, and it's gonna be close. It's gonna be battles. What do you think? You disagree with that? No, I mean I wouldn't be surprised at all with six because yeah, I like you see they can definitely squeeze one more game out at least. Yeah, I think so because. Yeah, like you said, especially if we for like our shooters, there's just one game where you just can't hit any shots. Like, yeah, it's possible, but you know, we'll see. Looking forward to it. That's that's the thing, yeah, because a lot of the teams they do have like these weaknesses you can't exploit and kind of figure out and take advantage of. There's no like super team that's like flawless now. There's no KD Warriors, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why. I mean, if if you take that's what I'm saying. Like, if it, if it goes to six games, obviously this Heat team is pretty good, especially without Bam and Boron. I mean, there's no asterisk on this. Like, all these teams are tough, man. Like, you you don't win a championship without having to earn it. But I will say, I think I saw some funny style. It was like since the '90s or something. This is the first time the Finals champion get the Lakers win. This is the first time 
since like the nineties that they wouldn't have to play a top 10 defense in terms of defensive rating. So I'll always hold that one over you if they do. <laughs> that's, I mean, if that's the best you got. Yeah, I got, I got a couple more, but you know, they've earned it, man. I mean, what about offensive rating? I don't know. I, I mean, oh, yeah, the Rockets are pretty good offense, I guess. And the Nuggets. Blazers, too. I think the Blazers were super overhyped. They had so many issues. I think, honestly, they didn't play Carmelo Anthony and they just played like Gary Trent Jr. or something the entire time. They didn't have a better chance. But that team was overhyped. I don't think it's that impressive, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they had one of the worst teams. Do you think? So. Yeah, they were terrible on defense. But I do think beating the Rockets and the Nuggets in the fashion they did and then stomping Miami out in those first two games, like, dude, this team is legit. You can't keep making excuses on on why they're, get, they're you know, so good now, right? Yeah, you play in the first round, you're a little You play who's in front of you, you know? Yeah, yeah. The first round, I was like, all right, Lakers fans are hyping themselves up because they beat the Blazers. Whoever was hyping up the Blazers, they don't know what they're talking about. But once they beat my Rockets, I was like, man. You know, I don't know if we just suck or if they're good. And I saw what they did to the Nuggets, and I'm like, all right. I mean, it's a little bit of both, but the Lakers are really good. They're just playing really well. And again, I don't think the same thing I did after game two. Like, I think it's going to be close. I expect a close game tomorrow. Um, I really do. Like, I don't know what the line is, but I don't think it should be more than, like, six. (laughs) It was. Let's check. But while you do that, like, what do you think about just like the bubble itself? And like, don't you feel like it's been a, such a tough playoffs for like all parties involved? Like, people were saying it's like an asterisk, you know, with no fan stuff. But I feel like it really yeah. is like a battle of like the last man standing. I I do think there. I mean, there's so many challenges, right? Because you're you're in a freaking bubble first of all. I mean, that presents a lot of challenges. And then the second thing is, um, it's just. I mean, you play every other day. Like, there's no travel, but you play every other day, which which makes things pretty rough, too. Um, especially with how many minutes people were logging in the playoffs. Like, every other day, it's it's a lot of, like, strain on your body. So, you can see how tired these guys are after every game, even though they don't have to travel, which is insane. But I do think the bubble also helps teams that shoot a lot of threes or, like, shooters in general because you have the same court and you have the same environment. So I think that's really helped AD a lot. Um, I think it's helped like Duncan Robinson, the whole Heat team. It's helped the whole Heat team. Like yeah. Jay Crowder was asked to be before joining the Heat, right? So it's, so they got a lot of help too with that. But um, I mean, I, I we really don't know, right? Because every playoffs is different. Like who knows if this could have happened again? Like maybe Jay Crowder is good at shooting now. So I don't know. I, I'm gonna attribute it partly to Bubble and like, hey, Jamal Murray too. I mean. Yeah, like all these guys are super hot. They call them bubble games. But I do think it's overblown when people say no one plays defense anymore. I think the offense is just so good. Like these guys are just so good. at uh, the, the offense is really good, but you have to also adjust for pace too, I think, compared to other eras. Like yeah, just way more possessions and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. You, you look and we're like, in the three-point era, so like leads don't matter. Right? Yeah. If you're down like 15, it's not – shoot a couple threes, you're back. Yeah, especially you're playing against a team like the Warriors, you know. You've yeah. Seen, you've seen so many situations. That, like that. Yeah, they'll be back, our <laughs> Warriors. Yeah, isn't that what Steph you wanted Curry, to talk about, guy. too? 
Oh, what the my the Warriors? <laughs> I mean, I think I mean I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. I think he's, he's the most exciting player to watch right now. But, yeah. I think there's a lot of holes in their roster still. They still have a lot of things to work out. But with Steph and Clay, I think he'll be in contention. Of course. I mean, with all the teams now, you see the teams who are contending. They have clear weaknesses. Like there's no like big bad Thanos type team. Yeah. So I think that's the door's wide open. For the best though. I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's fun. That's why the team a team like the Heat making it here, like they're not a bad team. They they're just a, a really good team that executes well and game plans well. And it makes it fun that teams like that can work hard enough and, and execute their way to the finals. You know? Yeah. So out the buzz. <laughs> That that was probably the most well that of the Clippers uh, collapse was, you know, obviously the, one of the biggest uh, upsets or biggest stories from the bubble. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Bucks have some serious issues though. Dude, they I think they're done. Giannis is gone. <laughs> He's gonna be on the Warriors. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> um, but yes, going back to the Warriors, um, I I really like their move to get uh, Andrew Wiggins. I think that mm. that you know helps him so much on defense and Wiggins being like the third option on the team. Like he's never been the third option on the yeah. team. He's always been one or two. So I think that was a really good move. I actually hated it. Really? I hate Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think he's such a bad, he's a terrible, def- he's one of the worst defenders in my opinion, but I think he's uh, a little better, I guess, because he's on the Warriors. He's giving some light. But I think he's got to go. I don't know. I just, he statistically he's really bad on defense. When I watch him, he's a little bit better. He's trying a little hard on the Warriors. And it helps that you get to play next to Stephen Clay. So you're right. I think they utilize him like as a cutter or even get this is kind of weird, but I think him as like a point guard would be okay. Bringing up the ball. Because Curry loves the off ball action and Clay does too. So I don't know what Draymond's gonna he needs to prove himself that he can play again. He needs to prove to us that he can play again because everyone thinks he's washed. He's going to park in the yeah. corner. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the best way to utilize Wiggins would be actually like a point guard, like big point guard, 6'8 point guard, and then just pass the ball to Curry on off ball screens and That's play pins and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So what would their starting lineup be? You got Steph Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and then. Steph Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and. Don James Wiseman for number two pick or whatever. <laughs> I mean, shoot, if I was them, I'd probably think about trading that. You get, you get like a, a great. Yeah, you got to trade that. Pick. Proven piece. Yeah. You need to trade that pick for just anyone that's like start. Startable or like that can play in the playoffs right next year. Like, I don't, I don't think the Hawks would do this, but what if they offered the number two for Capella? Yeah, I don't think the Hawks do it, but I think if you're the Warriors, you take it. Honestly, anyone that can play, right? Like, that's serviceable. I mean, I think Warriors fans are way overblowing what they can get for that number two, plus Draymond or Clay. People think they can get Giannis. I said that as a joke. I don't think they can get Giannis. I think maybe, like, a Victor Oladipo type, but that's stretching it, too. That's, like, that's the most they can get. I think that this this draft is not good from what I've read in Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't help that you know the basketball season is kind of fucked too. Yeah, it's super season. fucked. And, and, and Draymond, you know his value is shit right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're out of here. So. Yes, yeah, so some uh, just some giddy Warriors fans probably. 
Yeah, I mean, there's Warriors fans and there's Lakers fans, but uh, I'm just really excited for your two annoying and arrogant fan bases to clash next year. That's gonna. I'm looking be, forward to it. Man. I don't need a real rivalry. I know LeBron's looking forward not, to that too. Yeah, not the Clippers. You know, Lakers Clippers is dead. That's dead to me. That's nothing. The Clippers worst worst collapse in sports history, in my opinion. I don't want to talk about that. They're just terrible. But the Warriors and Lakers, that's going to be that's must see TV. I mean, yeah, that I need great. that playoff series. Great, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, we'll have to talk again um, at the end of the series or yeah. to see how far this thing goes. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I remember, as always, you can uh, follow us on all our socials, DJ Sports Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Reach us for questions, djsportspod at gmail.com. Nathan, thanks again, man. And uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, next time I see you, hopefully it'll be at the end of the series. Otherwise, we'll maybe talk about game, game six or game seven. <laughs> <laughs> yep, let's do it. 2-2, two, two, baby. Let's go, Heat.